Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, we were a music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Ooh la la! So your French lessons have finally paid off. It's French week. So Daft Punk, French electronic duo... Uh, who've been going since 1993. I think it's great, such is the variance of this podcast, that one week we're talking about Steps, and then a couple of weeks later we're talking about Daft Punk. Yeah. What a lovely mix. Absolutely. And imagine if they did a song together. Well, <laughs> maybe if you're listening, guys, either 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 of you, groups, um, let us know what you want to do. Yeah. So we're here to talk about Random Access Memories. And it was a bit of a different sound for the group, wasn't it? Of course, they before this album, they were known for their uh, French dance techno sound that was on tracks like Around the World and One More Time and Digital Love and Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. And then they came back with Get Lucky featuring Nile Rodgers and Pharrell Williams. So a real kind of funky disco sound. Yeah, more French disco funk. I'm, I must confess, I loved Discovery. That was my favourite Daft Punk album. Okay. So I look forward to talking about that in further listening. Oh no, we've got a different approach for further listening later as well. We have a little surprise for the listeners. So you better watch out for that. (laughs) That sounds like a threat. (laughs) (laughs) So Random Access Memories is the fourth studio album by Daft Punk. um, And it was released on the 17th of May 2013. I guess this is notable because uh, there's more organic instruments at play than just uh, that sort of dance computerized production behind it which is obviously still a big part of it definitely and i think that probably came with for various reasons i imagine the decision to include a lot more featured guests helped with that you've got niall and pharrell as mentioned earlier but you've also got uh, julian casablancas from the strokes you've got paul williams um, what a high caliber of collaborations on this album as well such is the power that daft punk now have they could basically approach anyone, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd, I would I'd doubt anyone, even the fussiest of people. Last week, in fact, we were talking about how Richard X can be quite fussy, but I imagine if Daft Punk approached him to a track together, he he wouldn't be too shy about doing that. Goodness me, what a sound that could be. Shall we dive straight in? Yes, and I think, to quote you, Will, I think this song really does set out the stall for what this <laughs> album is. This is uh, side one, track one. This is Give Life Back to Music. on with that i think you've got the vocoded vocals the funk guitar which is which is nile yes yeah. there already in track one and it is it's more of a it's very easy going it's very it's it's lovely it's like it's like milk chocolate it, yeah it really is it just completely from i really really enjoy how this song starts and it just kind of those beats that just kind of build up to the bulk of the track. Um, and it, as you say, it's Niall in there as well, but without Pharrell, 
contributing what he does to some of the songs later on, this just really, really sets out what musically what to expect from this album, and it is to expect organic instruments. Musically, <laughs> not lyrically. Lyrically, and it was the fifth single from this album. It's a lot of singles. A lot of singles. So it took the band into 2014 when this single was released. It just feels like yesterday. Um, apparently, just read in preparation for this week's episode, just kind of reading some of the commentary. And I think this collaboration, like with Niall Rogers, was something that he'd been keen to do for a long time. I mean, Niall is such a hit maker, isn't he? He's worked with the greats. He's worked with Duran Duran, of course, I'm going to say them first, B-52s, David Bowie, um, of course, Chic. He's David just... Bowie! <laughs> So it only makes sense that he's going to write and record with Daft Punk, hitmakers in their own right. But then when we bring in later on Pharrell Williams, it's going to be, ooh, something special. Uh, hot Potatoes. And Paul Jackson Jr. also on guitars here. Yes, who's worked with uh, Michael Jackson, I think, amongst many other people as a session musician. And also um, he, he produces and composes and arranges. He's uh, multi-talented. He knew by the age of 15 he wanted to be a professional musician. Well, I knew it by the age of 15. I just couldn't do it because I can't play any instruments. Right. Uh, you're good at blowing your own trumpet, though. Well, I am double-jointed. <laughs> Track two now, and this is The Game of Love. Game of Love, and I have to be completely honest with you, for me it's an odd addition slash placement to the album. I think it comes in with this fantastic give life back to music and it's giving new life back to Daft Punk arguably with all these new influences and collaborators. And this track is by no means a bad track, in fact it's very interesting for Daft Punk and I think the way I read into it is that it's influenced by the soundtrack work that they did for Tron before this album. But it goes from upbeat, and we know there's more upbeat coming, to actually just very, very placid. Will, what were your thoughts on that track? Uh, it's already a great time to talk about that fantastic album. Wow. Do you know what? I think that's the earliest it's ever been. It's funny, isn't it? Because last week I ran out of songs to do that to, and this yeah. week it's coming in quite early. But rightly so um, for this track, I think. And I also think it's probably a misstep in having this song so early in the album. So it's, I love the artwork though, I have to say for this album. It's really simple. You've got two different kind of advanced space aged helmets, which are obviously synonymous with the guys themselves. One is like a silver helmet with a visor or not too far removed from that of a Cyberman. If yeah. you've ever seen them on Doctor Who. Uh, and the other one's more of a space age visor full face visor which is wouldn't look out of place in something like tron mm, absolutely and with uh the words random access memories in a sort of squiggly free handwriting i think the cover is this is just my opinion it's not something not, i haven't read anything 
but I think it's the the two helmets together. It's the sort of space age techno dance element uh, juxtaposed mm. against a more smoother, cooler space look. Yeah, and that's what the album is. It's those two things coming together. And it is, of course, the they have got their individual identities when they perform live. They've both got their helmets. And here, it's just the two boys that put their helmets together, which is great. It's always lovely to see. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on to track three. And this possibly is my favourite song on the, in the, on the entire album. It's a whopping nine minutes and four seconds long. So listen, I'm sorry, you're going to get approximately an 18th of that. Um, uh, is... But we'll make sure it's a good 18th. Mm, maybe. This is Giorgio by Moroder. So that was Giorgio by Moroda and I guess legendary producer Giorgio Moroda. Absolutely legendary. Yeah, this is basically Giorgio Moroda's life story, isn't it? Or yeah. how he got into music. This, for me, the word epic, I might have used a few times on this podcast series, but this is epic. The way this track builds, taking into account, you know, really influenced musically by Giorgio Moroda and his synthesizer work and then bringing in the strings and the real kind of big production of this album. My God, like, I, I've never seen Daft Punk live, and sadly they didn't tour this album, but I would absolutely love to see this song live with an orchestra, with the full band. Wow, I think that would be something special. This song, oh, it's just a real favourite song ever, actually. It's, for me, I love it, and it's the one most closely aligned to what I love about the previous Daft Punk tracks that I love okay it's kind of that real it's pumping it's hard and uh, just a fantastic dance track it's epic mm-hmm. isn't it it's yeah very pumping and very hard what's, yeah what's not to Abs- love about absolutely. it absolutely absolutely next track then and this one isn't so pumping and hard but it is within I've been for some time looking for someone I need to So that was Within. And going back to actually track two, The Game of Love, it's very much the the more atmospheric um, soundscape style of the band, isn't it? And I think it's, it's just a little bit more built up in this one. There's there, I don't, I don't know, I feel like it's a li- there's a little bit more melody to it, which I enjoy. It's not, again, it's not one of my favourite songs in the album because there's so many big hits and big bangers on this album to enjoy a little bit more. But um, I think it does a better job. And that might be because of the inclusion of Chili Gonzalez there, who is a, a Grammy-winning Canadian musician, um, a, a pianist, <laughs> who has actually worked with the band prior to this. So an old friend. 
of the band and hopefully a, a, an old a new old friend of the podcast for me not one of my favorite tracks quite whimsical um but i like my daft punk to be a, a, with a bit more bite to it than that well there might be a bit more bite to this next one then so this one features the strokes frontman julian casablancas i'm a big fan of this one actually this is instant crush <laughs> crush there will have you ever had an instant crush i think we've all yeah i think we've all had an instant crush mm. just seen someone across the room maybe your eyes met maybe they didn't meet and just that instant feeling of attraction fake almost attraction. like a bit of a gut punch mm. so, so this one this is this is this is what i like this is the Daft Punk sound um, with a great vocal running over it, and you just almost lose yourself in some of their in some of the soundscapes is a good word that they create. Yeah, that's my word, really. Have you used it? I have. Yeah. When? Earlier on in track two or four. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> but yes, I agree. I think the combination of the Strokes and Daft Punk on paper might not have been a great one, but this is a fantastic song. It's got a real 80s actually kind of uh vibe to it and it more recently it was covered have you heard the cover version no i haven't you know who it was by was it someone in in the live lounge or something or no it was covered by natalie imbruglia really so yes way back in 2015 she released an album called male and she covered tracks that were all originally recorded by male artists and this was one of them so she did a much more acoustic version of this song but it was released as the lead single from that and it was very good as well. Oh, I must check that one out. You must do. Yeah, I think this was great. This was released as a single from the yes, album. Yes, it was the fourth single um, from the album. And was also featured in Rolling Stone's 100 Best Songs of 2013. That's very impressive. Mm. I wonder where Get Lucky came on that list. We'll find out later. I think we will. So, track number six now. And this is um, the first time we're going to hear Thrill Williams on this album but it's not get lucky this one is lose yourself to dance Yeah, really, really love it. As if Get Lucky wasn't, you know, it could have been a, a one-off. And I think this isn't quite, you know, commercially and critically, maybe didn't quite hit the heights of that. For me, there's something to like about this in a separate way because it's not quite as, well, I suppose commercial, for use of a better word, is it? It's definitely um, a more chilled version of that. So this was the follow-up single. So after that that massive smash, this was the second track. But actually, I think when it came out, I loved it because 
I probably had enough of Get Lucky at that point. I think and, we all had. And this was um, a similar collective of people, but a very different sound. Yeah. Um, and we were clapping along whilst we were listening to that track. Because um, I think it does still have that almost cross-genre, cross-generation appeal. And an example of that is the fact that it was simultaneously playlisted on Radio 1 and Radio 2 at the same time. Which is so rare, Well, surely. yeah, because normally, the, never the twain shall meet. Mm, apart from Shania. <laughs> <laughs> she would only be on Radio 2. Yes. But... I think it was a breath of fresh air to come as a second single. And I love Pharrell's vocals, Nile Rogers' guitar, um, and the Daft Punk production there. And I think I was never used to be a fan of Pharrell Williams. And I just think more and more, maybe I've matured and mm. opened my mind to more musical experiences. Um, and maybe he's just chosen to do things that he wouldn't have done in the past. I mean, maybe. He... I mean, sure, he does mature, but looks-wise, Pharrell Williams is 45. I mean, he does not look that age, does he? Well, it's hard to see under that massive hat. <laughs> and he's, as well as working with Daft Punk and his own solo work, of course, he's worked as part of NARD and the Neptunes, and then he's done some incredible work with other artists, from Snoop Dogg to Britney Spears. He really is... I mean, this is the great thing about this collaboration. He is probably the Nile Rogers of his day, isn't he? Nile Rogers did all that work with those previously mentioned artists, David Bowie, Duran Duran, Madonna. And Pharrell did that in later years. And secondly, what I think is fantastic about this collaboration is that I think it helped get Nile Rogers, you know, who already was an established worldwide known musician and producer. But I think this just elevated him even more and probably even elevated Pharrell even more. It's one of the strongest, for me, one of the strongest tracks on the album. Yeah. And it goes on a long time. This track goes on for nearly six minutes. And a lot of it is very repetitive, but I'm... I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't want to cut it out. It's fantastic. So, track number seven now. Uh, Will, would you like to do this? Yes, track number seven is Touch. So that was Touch, and we mentioned the word epic earlier, and I said how maybe it's overused, and I think that song is epic. It so is. It's such a strange beast, that song, because it starts off, almost feels like you're in outer space, and you're docking, and... Oh. Um, and then there's a slower start, and then it kicks in. Um, lovely stuff. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like I say, it's so many elements to that song, because... It almost reminds me of something from Wally, maybe, because that film, of course, is um, it features a very futuristic story. But then there is the parts of it with the Hello Dolly uh, songs, and it works so well together. It makes me think of Wally a lot, and also um, Peter Gabriel uh, of Genesis did some of the songs for it as well. I absolutely love this song. It's it goes from sort of underground techno to honky tonk piano to uh, lush arrangements uh there's so there's so much to this song you can listen to it time and time again and discover new parts or new favorite parts 
just wow. another one that I'd absolutely love to hear live. Um, and you can imagine when he, when they perform it live, it would be even longer. And yeah, even more even more to it. You'd hope so. And of course, I can't mention the song without mentioning Paul Williams, who uh, is the songwriter who's worked on tracks including classic, really classic American songs like uh, "We've Only Just Begun" and "Rainy Days and Mondays" from The Carpenters, oh. and also tracks from the Muppet Movie and films like that, which I think, particularly from that kind of piano again honky tonk sound, sounds like it could have been pulled straight from that. Uh, what a lovely range he's had and uh, things he's been involved in to go from the Muppets to Daft Punk. Yeah. Well, not, it's not straight away, but over the years. From S- from silly performers with their masks on and all that kind of thing to Daft Punk. <laughs> Wait, did I do that the right way around? No. <laughs> <laughs> but we get the joke. We get the joke. So this is it. We're, we're finally here. Brace yourselves. Track number eight. Get looking. So that was Get Lucky, and is there anyone in the world that doesn't hasn't heard that song left? The pop police are coming to arrest the one person in the world that hasn't heard that song. <laughs> um, I don't think there is. I think, and what's quite interesting about this, this song, of course, was everywhere. It's number one everywhere around the world. That's not a fact, but I'm pretty sure it's true. And then... The only other song I can think of that has done that since, or the, probably the one that did it next, was Happy by Pharrell Williams. Yes. So, yeah. man, can that young, not that young gentleman, write a catchy tune. I don't know about you, the first time I heard Get Lucky, people were very excited for Daft Punk coming back. Um, and then they were very intrigued, I think, when they heard that, he's, that they were working with Pharrell and Niall. And then I think a lot of people just loved this song instantly. I was one of those people. Same. I, um, and that's why it was successful because it was such an instant song but and very catchy but one that just stays with you just to give you an idea of the success this had 9.3 million copies sold it's one of the best selling songs of all time that's insane isn't it uh, and was uh, got to had chart success in over 32 countries and I couldn't tell you where it did in the Rolling Stones best songs of that year but it's already entered the greatest songs of all time, and it's number one hundred and sixth in the greatest songs of all time. Mm, I thought it would have been higher. <laughs> Just gonna say, you're not even joking, are you? No, I'm really not. <laughs> have you seen Sheik and Nile Rogers live? In yes. Years? Did they perform this song? Of course they did. They did. So I think when Nile Rogers and Sheik were first performing post this song's release, they didn't have it in their set list. I think I saw them at Bestival, actually, um, and they didn't play it. But then the next time I saw them there, and they were headlining it, it was the 10th birthday or something, they did play it, and I've seen them since at Glastonbury and they played it, and it is great to hear. It's, it's, it's a shame that Daft Punk have never toured and played it live, but it is fantastic to be able to hear it with Niall and Sheik. And good for Niall to take it out there, because it's what people want to hear. Yeah, of course. From him and from them as well. And he's the person available to go and deliver that. Yeah, and it was a real highlight of, did you see Niall at Glastonbury a 
couple of years ago on the Pyramid Stage. Yes. A fantastic performance, fantastic slot for him. It was kind of just... It was a lovely Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? Well, just the sun came the out. Evening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a treat that was. But let's move on with this one. So the next one is track number nine and is Beyond. So that was Beyond. Definitely an album track. Definitely. I'm sorry to say that. I don't think you need to be sorry. I think Daft Punk have released four so far fantastic albums that has to be album tracks in there. But I completely agree this was never going to be a single, was it? And I'd like to imagine that in the studio they realised that at the time. They knew that when they were making it. Um, I mean, it's pleasant enough, isn't it? But it, for me, it's a filler as we lead into the last stretch before the end of the album. Yeah, I, I love how it starts with that orchestral. It feels, again, going back to kind of their work on the Tron soundtrack, it feels very film or soundtrack-like. And then it quickly changes into this. It's got a similar kind of groove, I suppose, to Lose Yourself to Dance. It's got a little bit of a more of a R&B tinge, I'd say, actually. Um, interesting, the lyrics for this one were by Paul Williams, who did Touch, um, but because of it being performed by the vocoded vocals, I don't think you really pick up on that as much. No. Do you? But yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a nice song. It's a nice part of this soundscape. This... Sorry, 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 sorry. However, as you say, it's 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 not a not a highlight. But let's not let's not dwell on that. Let's move on to track number. Yes, yeah, let's. So this is well. I'll let you introduce it. This is track ten. It's motherboard. Some lovely flute work there. <laughs> Sentences I never thought I would hear Will Warren say. <laughs> um, which is probably the nicest thing I've got to say about that. Yeah, the thing is that I've been thinking about tracks like this from this album is that there's something you have to really admire about the duo Daft Punk putting these songs out on their new studio album because it's so, so, so different to technique and things like that. It's completely unexpected, but... As musicians and performers, again, not performers because they haven't bloody well toured this album. As musicians, this if this is the way they want to go, as well as all the other things that appear on this, like Get Lucky, etc., then... Good luck to them. Well, good luck to them and also absolutely take my heart off to them because it's a piece of music, actually. It's, there's a lot to like about it. And if you look into what they thought about this song, they said it was a, a futuristic composition that could be from the year 4000. See, they're so mysterious, aren't they? You know, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying this, but I, they're very private people. And as artists, I just don't necessarily get a feel for who they are. Mm, I think they might mind you saying that because I, 
perhaps they hope that their music will put that message across and this song motherboard will perhaps pop across some um some past no i really want to see them on sunday brunch with (laughs) tim lovejoy sat around the table talking about uh what their favourite Sunday lunches or whatever they do on that show. I think you've got more chance of them popping up on This Morning Sunday with Alison Hammond. Which actually would be fantastic, wouldn't it? She has a right laugh, doesn't she, oh, on she that show? She loves a laugh. Track 11 this is Fragments of Time. I'll just keep playing back These fragments of time really great in that track to hear some more raw instruments the drums the guitar definitely and a lighter touch with maybe some of the more um electronic elements yeah and this one i I hear again i hear real 80s influence almost i feel like this song could have been on one of the radio stations on grand theft auto vice city and not the first time you've referenced that actually no and i think one day this is maybe a bit of a spoiler I'd quite like to do that. one of the albums from, from there. From the oh, podcast. yeah, i better yeah. get listening. you better had. you better get playing the game. Grand Theft Auto, I mean, not the Game of Life or anything like that. It's a very fun song. Um, it's featuring on vocals... Ta- Todd Edwards. Todd Edwards, who has worked with the band before on Face to Face from Discovery. And during the recording of this song, he used... Drugs. No, a microphone... <laughs> that had previously been used by Frank Sinatra. So I love that it's got a bit of a classical feel to it. And he, sh- he I've, I was reading, he'd shared, he got inspiration from his namesake, legendary dance producer Todd Terry as well, in some of his work. Uh, is that true or? Sometimes yeah. you state facts and I'm not quite sure whether to believe you. Yeah. Oh, very good. I think it's a fantastic song. It's, it's so 80s influenced. I just want to pop on a... Uh, Hawaiian shirt and pretend that we're in Miami Vice and maybe we should do that well it's a bit milder at the moment isn't it now we're well into April it's track number 12 now the penultimate track on this album this is doing it right so doing it right though was that doing it right for you will yeah i love the swing and the beat into that Mm. again something very different yeah it's the bass for me the bass is booming it's almost echoing throughout that track which i love to hear and doing it right features panda bear on vocals panda bear is a member of the group animal collective well i expect he would be and i remember showing this to a friend a long time ago who wasn't particularly a fan of daft punk and didn't particularly like get lucky and this song i think they just found it really almost mesmerizing because it's very repetitive Mm. it's very robotic almost but a lot of people i found to really enjoy this song and it was released as a single but obviously following the success of get lucky and 
um, Lose Yourself to Dance wasn't particularly a chart hit, but um, I think it's often thought of as one of the highlights of this album because also it probably harks back to that early sound a little bit more as well. Uh, and it's the only track on this album that didn't feature any uh, organic uh, instruments. Mm. And was as well, I believe, the last track to be completed. So maybe they packed off the orchestra and then realised, hang on. They were like, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a listen to the final track on the album. And what a way to close it, actually. Mm. This is... Contact. I just had to pick myself up off the floor after that. I did try, but I couldn't quite manage it myself. Dan, that was incredible. It's one of the most... Oh, no, I was going to say epic again, but it's one of the most sci-fi, futuristic, hard-hitting, cinematic songs from a usually considered dance act that I've ever heard in my life. And and with good reason, because there's vocal audio from... Apollo 7 and Apollo 17 space mission in yeah. there. I remember finding it quite creepy when I first heard that vocal and they're talking about this spinning object that they don't quite recognize. I remember thinking, goodness me, that is so creepy. Ooh. And yet, oh, it's got it's, you just you saying that. I just literally involuntarily shivered. Yeah, that scared me a little bit. It's the perfect way to end this album. And what I really like about how it ends the album is that the album begins with that organic instrumentation. It's like, this is the new Daft Punk. We've got a real drummer. We've got real bassist. You know, we've got real orchestra in there. And then it ends with this just like few minutes of distortion and dance music. Um, and almost you come full circle. Yeah. Back to the Daft Punk that you know and love. Yeah. Not that you haven't loved the last 70 minutes or so. No, but it's it's very... It's a very exciting, exhilarating track. Apparently this blew the speakers in the studio when they listened to the completed track. Wow. It doesn't surprise me. I played it on on researching, re-researching and revisiting this album. I played it and I think this was the only track at the end. At the end I had to turn it down because it was I had the rest of it loud and it was okay for Get Lucky and stuff like that. But this, I was worried that the neighbours would feel like there'd been some sort of invasion downstairs. <laughs> like crabs. Oh, goodness me. Cybercrafts, maybe. <laughs> so we're at the end of the album. We are. It's been a real treat to do something a little bit different this week after a, very, a few very poppy weeks. Definitely. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it just shows the scope of, of what we listen to, what we each enjoy. And also, this again, the whole mantra of trash that if you enjoy something, enjoy it. If you want to listen to Daft Punk one week and maybe Steps the next, do That's it. fine. That's do okay. It. Jesus, who's listening? And you shouldn't have to apologise for that. No, but we are really sorry if you... <laughs> no, we're not. So it's further listening time. A different take on further listening this week. Yes. So we like to sometimes put different barriers and guidelines in. And this time we decided, you know, Niall Rogers plays such uh, an important part on this album and has played a such an important part on many people's work over the last few decades. 
let's actually celebrate him and the work he's done with other artists. So Will, for further listening, I'd love to invite you to go first. What is your favourite Nile Rogers uh, tete-a-tete? I'm going to have to be very recent and just go back to last year and the collaboration with Lady Gaga. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Lady Lady Gaga. Yes. That um, it was a reworking um, for 2018 of I Want Your Love. I love this song. And I absolutely love it. I don't care if some people said the original version was better. I think this is brilliant. I love the the gaga energy that she brings to it and just so fun to dance to well let's get up off off let's get stuck in yeah so listen i want your love just so much fun that track and it's my favorite one off that album it's mine too and i feel in a way it's a shame to say that the favorite is the only one that's a reworking um of a previous chic song because there's lots of new material on there but that combination of classic chic with lady gaga and a whole brand new 2018 production wow yeah as i as soon as i that album was released i couldn't wait to listen to that one particularly and it did not disappoint I remember a couple of Christmas parties we went to around that time, not long after that album came out, and that song dropped, and we were straight on there. Yeah, and there's a there's a little reference as well to when Gaga sings "I Want Your Love" in a certain way that sounds like when she sings "In Bad Romance" as well. I can't wait for the next Gaga album that's just pure dance pop heaven because she's been around the houses now. Surely it's time for her to come back round. Um, to her roots. Surely to goodness. Dan, it's over to you. So it would be remiss of me to not pick a Duran Duran song because Niles <laughs> had uh, a big hand in their their back catalogue. First of all, with the 1986 album Notorious. Um, and then he came back to work on them on Astronaut when the Fab Five, the original lineup, got back together. And then more recently on Paper Gods, their last year album. So I'm going to pick a song that's from the Notorious album, which was produced by Nile Rogers, and this is Hold Me. that's probably the rockiest thing they did on the album and I think actually that's one of the rockiest things that Duran Duran have ever done uh, Will what do you think of that one I loved it yeah. actually and I like the fact it is more rocky yeah uh, and I love the na 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 na's yes as well or banana rama as we like to call <laughs> do you think they would ever collaborate um, well they did of course on Band-Aid <laughs> Uh, but unlikely, uh, they're both in very different places. Yes, um, but that's a, I love the um, comparison between 
that real dance pop I Want Your Love with Gaga and that very, very heavy guitar-driven rockier track there. Yeah. Exactly what we should be doing in further listening, you might say. Of course, yeah. And this, again, mentioned before, Niall's worked with some rockier artists or certainly artists who have done some rockier things. So David Bowie, for example. Um, This, I would say, is certainly the harder edge side of what he's done. But on this album, he's done some much funkier things with the band as well. We're out of time. We are out of time. That was Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Let us know what you think of the album. Are you a long-term Daft Punk fan or is this your entry point? Um, at Move to Trash UK and hashtag Track by Track is the way to let us know. I think we might come back to Daft Punk because I'd love for us to talk about Discovery. Well, I'd love to, to... You know what? To be honest, I'd love to discover it because this album was my entry point to a studio album by Daft Punk. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. Mm. Uh, and listeners, you're in for a treat next week. What have we got coming up? So, sticking with the kind of Nile Rogers 70s slash 80s disco theme, we have got a Swedish quartet. <laughs> <laughs> and need I, need I say you anymore? Won't, you said too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see you next week for... Ace of Base. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, they're on the list. Um, Are they... I get rid of that quite quickly. quickly. So don't forget to keep subscribing and rating and commenting on the podcast and Apple Podcasts and various other mediums. We really, really do appreciate it. Until then, I've been Julian Casablancas. And I've been Niall Rogers. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.